Welcome to YourCast, how to podcast brought to you by Blue Microphones. I'm David Savage, founder and editor of long-running technology podcast Tech Talks. I've published over 250 shows, reaching around 10,000 listeners a month on a minimal budget. And in this show, I talk to other showrunners and producers and find out how and why they put together the content that they do. It's recorded on the Blue Yeti X, anywhere and everywhere, as you'll discover through the series. And it's edited on free software. So listen to the show, and why not go and create your own content? Welcome to today's show. And uh, this is quite a, a personal one, because Fintech Insiders were one of the first other podcasts that I was really aware of when making tech talks, kind of doing a similar thing. And it's grown and grown over that period of time. Uh, one of the top five uh, business tech podcasts in the UK, Um consistently near the top of the charts and run by people round the corner. So I've been to their shows, um, 11FS are an organisation who I've featured on Tech Talks uh, a number of times. So David Breer, who's on this show, has been on Tech Talks. Uh, I've also spoken to a couple of his colleagues over the years. And yeah, like I said, been to their shows, been to their live events, seen how they did things and stolen some of the ideas, to be perfectly honest, that I've seen FinTech Insiders do and uh, work well. So it was a lot of fun for me to catch up with David and talk about the evolution of the podcast, why they have made the choices that they have made, why they run the show. Um, as I said, one of the most successful podcasts uh, within their particular niche in the, in the country. So well worth listening to. Uh, I'll hand you over to the interview with David. So today I'm talking to David Breer, who's someone I've known you for a little while now because of the podcasting community. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's good to know you've been listening as well. It's nice. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, um, as people are hopefully aware, I've run my own show now for a few years, but one of the things I've always tried to do is steal bits from other shows, and yours is one that I've plagiarised from quite a bit on occasion. I mean, steal with pride, right? It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I think the uh, imitation is the most sincere form of, of, uh, of a kind of sincere compliment, I think, yeah. is, is some, <laughs> vaguely what people say, isn't it? So, uh, But yeah, no, you're welcome, Ben. So look, you are CEO of 11FS, and you are also the host of Fintech Insiders. You also have Blockchain Insider, although I can't remember, you may moonlight on that occasionally, but that's not predominantly yourself. Do you, want, do you know what? I've never been on Blockchain Insider. It just intimidates me. Like right. Simon's so smart on that one. But yeah, we've got InsureTech Insider, which yep. is our insurance program. And then we do a bunch of live things as well. So like On Air, which is a, a weekly live show and yep. various different bits and bobs in that space. But FinTech Insider is the big The main, yeah. the kind of the vehicle. So let's focus in on that because sure. I think it's a really interesting story. Um, if anyone hasn't heard of it, what is FinTech Insider all about? Um, Fintech Insider is is really about bringing you the biggest things that have been happening in the industry that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every week we we go through the major news events that have happened, bringing in guests. It's very much like a um, Paxman, but if you kind of put alcohol and sort of be friendly to the guests, it's that type of vibe to it. Essentially, when when we started out, we sort of said, "What would Top Gear be like if Top Gear was just for fintech, basically, and have that type of camaraderie and fun with it?" And it's it's gone pretty well. It's funny how you describe that because when, whenever I I talk about the show that I run to people, I always kind of go, well, I wanted to be like Question Time, but Question Time meets Loose Women. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you know what? Loose Women was one of the other ones that we we sort of drew, drew on, really, because it's, <laughs> it's less about the... 
increasingly it becomes less about the subject matter and more about the relationships of the people that are on, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's what people definitely sort of tune into. But, um, but yeah, no, we started it at the beginning of the company, actually, about, I don't know, about two or three months into 11FS's mm-hmm. existence. Um, it was really a, I mean, what's the way in which we'll do marketing and how will we go to market? Yeah, and that, look, look, that does lead into that nice kind of question of why a podcast, right? Because mm-hmm. you are a fintech consultancy. You work with legacy banks building products for them to challenge and and grow customer base. So on the surface, it's not something that people in your industry have necessarily done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we started the podcast because there wasn't one. Um, I mean, there's lots of them that exist now. So, you know, definitely if you sort of stand back from the the charts, there's a lot more uh, kind of fintech content out there. But three and a half years ago, there wasn't. Uh, Or at least the content that was out there wasn't... um, something that we would want to listen to. You know, mm. though BBC or the FT were making things that we were really passionate about sound really, really boring. Um, so how do we actually instill or create content for people like us? Um, I think why the podcast specifically? Well, I mean, we were a, like five-person organization at the time. So, you know, our marketing budget was was nothing. Um, so how were we going to compete with Accenture and McKinsey and, and the big boys of the industry? Well, we needed to do it by creating real differentiation it wasn't about playing uh, fair and you know fighting you know fire with fire it was about actually how can we create real authenticity in the market how can we convey our messages and what our beliefs were um, and also put across our, our views in a a way that actually conveyed our individual personality um, did, did you consider video or YouTube or anything like that or was it always podcasting that felt like the right fit uh, I mean we've sort of graduated on to um, you know video in fact we've done l- Literally two months ago, we did a long-form documentary, you know, yeah, so absolutely. an hour-long versus Sorry, content. so I'll reframe that. But when, when you kind of think about that initial point where it was like no marketing budget, no brand, at that point, I suppose it's, it's, it's tempting to think that video is more eye-catching, right? I think it is, but it's also harder. Yeah. I mean, there's something really beautiful about – and the origins of the podcast was actually we were in a very sort of lucky position to know a lot of interesting people and have really interesting conversations with them. Mm. That Actually, it felt like it would be so easy for a third person to be there and that third person be a microphone. Yeah. Um, so at the point where you can start just sharing those conversations that you're having with people, whether in back of taxis or pubs, then um, those things would be really, really valuable to a community who is as passionate about the industry as, as you are. You, you mentioned the, the long-form documentary that you've published. I mean, how many people have viewed that now? Uh, so it's well over 200,000 people now, yeah. which for long-form content is just crazy. Now, wildly successful, but very different. And when you think about the two different formats, what is it about podcasting? You're saying there that it's kind of conversations in the pub. Does it, do you think it allows you to be a little bit more yourself just having a couple of people there and a microphone? Yeah, completely. I, I think it's um, it, the... Uh, unpolished nature of it. I think podcasting, the best thing about podcasting is I think you really understand the individual by listening to it. Um, It's very, very difficult. Again, if you're trying to create differentiation with a brand, it's very, very difficult for corporate businesses to create really, really compelling content and be interesting and have difference of, of, of opinion because actually they're used to being in a situation where they have a set view on something. This is the business's view on this thing. Mm. So actually having three people from that same organization having a conversation, well, they all agree with each other and they just say the same thing. Um, if you've ever listened to Fintech Insider, it is not that. Uh, you know, we will get stuff wrong and we will disagree and we will have a proper conversation about it. And that's actually what 
people want. You know, they want to have that uh, again the the camaraderie, the ability to be fallible and actually, you know, and put your hand up and say. I mean, the amount of emails that I get from people who go, that wasn't quite right on that thing, and that's cool. We'll get them on the next week to go. Actually, specifically, this is how payments work in the U.S. or whatever. Mm. Um, but it's a uh, it's such a um, authentic bringer that actually video in all of the polished nature of it i just wouldn't have thought would have would have given it now doing like a you know pop-up periscope or something very similar because essentially if you're just you're just you know popping up a microphone popping up an iphone having a conversation with somebody you can be super authentic and super uh, low polished really um but it, it has been an interesting journey on that because i think there is a there is a balancing act there i think everybody thinks that um you know anybody with a microphone can start a podcast but actually you need the microphone in the first place you know one of our first experiences with it was i think i'd literally used my iphone for the first few mm. and the audio was so bad that we were quickly like well there's probably no ceiling to quality on content but there's definitely a, a, a bar <laughs> yeah. low you know um and we were in a situation then where it's like well okay so the content is good but sounds bad. So how do we improve? That's an interesting point to, I suppose, explore what assumptions you had coming into it. You mentioned there that you felt that maybe sound held you back. Were there any other kind of challenges that you initially came up with that you thought, oh, this 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 is going to limit our ambition? Um, I mean, not really, because I try not to overthink things too much in terms yeah. of starting them and then figuring out to a certain degree. Um, you know, the audio one was definitely one. You know, we had people go, you know, writing in going, love the content but when I'm on the tube I can't hear it so like can you work on the content and it was like look guys we're putting this free thing out here you're now getting <laughs> now getting all picky about the quality of the audio you know um, but it was it was interesting on that side I think on the, the the other side of things people just people are weird that they feel that nobody will care mm. you know it takes a lot of balls I think to uh, record something and put something out there and actually in most most walks of life really people shy away from doing that um, you know everybody's very comfortable to comment on other people's things but actually putting yourself out there and creating something is actually quite daunting for so many people mm. you know and really if i'm honest with you i think that's why audio is better than video because you can start with something and there's easier options for editing you know things like audacity are out there as free tools we're using you audacity use. right now there you go so things like that where you can you know, chop and splice stuff together to kind of edit around any problem that you would have. Um, I mean, the first few podcasts we put out, I tried to edit out all of the ums and ahs and quickly realized <laughs> that I was terrible at doing it. Yeah, and I've, then, I've tried to do that. Yeah. And then Jason tried to do it. And then we realized he was equally terrible at doing it in the in the team. But um, it's it's one of those ones that I think it, it, it comes to a point where you can, I think audio is just such a great medium for conveying authenticity. I think people will just get such a, a better view of understanding your voice explaining something and your real intent behind the words that you're you're using um, than they would reading a polished piece of content that you put out in a blog. Do you find that you edit now as you go, possibly subconsciously? When I When I started, I used to over edit the audio files and now I don't. I hardly touch them, but I do find that after hundreds of repetitions, I just have a sense of don't say certain things or don't do certain things. Um, I mean, we've got, I mean, we're, what are we, 350 episodes in mm. now? So, I mean, we're pretty good at it now in terms yep. of like what we should and shouldn't say. And I, I mean, I've worked at a bank, so I've been pretty well media trained to to not uh, not spill my guts too much, you know. Um, it, it is surprising when you get people on, though, the people who 
will say something and halfway through a sentence realize that they shouldn't be saying that. So we, we do say, look, we'll, we'll, we can stop and start and edit anywhere, mm. which again is why non-live stuff is, uh, it, it gives people a bit of a comfort blanket that yeah, they, can, uh, they can ease their way into it. And I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, personally, I love podcasts because that sense of safety, I think, gets people to share more than they ordinarily would. Whereas if they're on stage at a big conference, well, the CMO of a large corporate's not going to say something that makes their share tank. Completely. Their, their share price tank. Um, okay, so look, at the initial stage, did you go anywhere for expertise or was it quite organic? Did you just kind of figure it out yourselves? I mean, we, we hit YouTube hard. Like yep. uh, me and Jason, at the point where it was like, do you know what? This thing might be a real thing. Uh, you know, the reaction to it on social was good and the numbers were doing well. Um, it was like, actually, we went onto YouTube and learned from what other people had done. Uh, what was the kit that people were using? What was the setup? Um, how did they set show notes up? You know, how did how far ahead did they plan? Uh, you know, I reached out to a bunch of people kind of in the industry of podcasts that I listened to to say, hey, this is weird, but uh, how did you do it? Um, yeah. And it was great. You know, I there's a great community out there for this and people were really, really welcoming, really, really friendly, you know. Uh, Pete from the Football Ramble, actually, was one of the people who I sort of reached out to to go, hey, dude, listen to the podcast all the time. Like, how do you set the show up? Um, and he was really, really helpful. So it's, again, I, I think there is a... Um, it's kind of a, a community of hobbyists to a yes. certain degree. Yeah. Even though people are doing it at real level, uh, everybody has found a slightly different way of doing it. And, and I mean, even till recently now, three and a half years into to Fintech Insider, we were very ad hoc in terms of where we were set up, you know. Um, we, we found actually bringing somebody in when the thing became a thing was really important to do as well. Mm. Because um, while the first few months of a, you know, a new startup, we had a bit more time our hands to do these things and also we believed we were really good at audio engineering and we were not good at audio engineer um very quickly you need experts to kind of make these things work whether it's the kit or whether it's you know actual individuals who are better than you at doing the thing um so for us it, it's um professionalizing as you go um i think the thing that i i worry about sometimes with people who kind of get into it to a certain degree is um, you sort of see people professionalizing before they're good. Yes. Um, it's that equivalent of like football, you know, a kind of a, a 10-year-old football player wearing like white boots and a Ronaldo <laughs> shirt. You know what I mean? It's like, well, <laughs> you're going to have to earn that credibility for wearing those white shoes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So On the school better... playground, they're just going to get kicked. Exactly. You've got to back yeah, it up yeah. with some skills. Um, so I'm like, get the skills first and yeah, then yeah. work your way into the quality. Um, because, I mean, we were until recently using just an office room in our you know in, a, in our office uh, rather than having anything particularly sort of set out for for recording um you know where we're sitting now we've got more of a sort of a studio setup which is mm. great but you don't want to spend all that money and all that effort to do that without realizing the thing that you're going to do is going to be successful yes um but when it is then you can double and triple down and i think particularly as a corporate it's like are we getting the benefit from this and at the point where you do start getting the benefit then you can like say quadruple down on the effort that you put into it. I think the analogy that you used before I hit record was a great one. If you don't build the Olympic Stadium before you know you can sprint. 100%, yeah. I mean, a lot of people do. I mean, I've seen a lot of banks who have got you know, very professional recording studios in their in their offices that are never used or never needed. Yes. Uh, all the content that comes out of them is just terrible. So, and it's, and it's hard because it's the most important thing you know, I, I, like like I say, while there is a a floor where you can't go uh, beneath from a quality perspective, um, I'll take really good content with bad quality audio mm. every day, um, and that's why people need to place their effort. Like, oh, yeah. why why should people uh, listen to you? 
because I think the thing about podcasting that's sort of unique is people are not doing it at their desk. You know, like you write a research report and put it out. People will, will read that thing at work and share it at work. Podcasting is something that people do in their private life. You know, mm-hmm. very often, you know, the the heaviest messages I get uh, when people are listening to the podcast is, you know, somebody's out walking the dog, they're cutting the grass, they're commuting to work. Um, it's in their personal time. And you're engaging with them, you know, in their ears, in their personal time, mm-hmm. which is just a whole different type of relationship than you would have if it was a, uh, you know, B2B sort of corporate communication method. Uh, and that's why we love it, if I'm honest with you. That's, that's why we get to, we have a, you know, a different tone of voice at 11FS. And this allows people to really engage with us as individuals rather than just have a corporate veneer of what we believe or what we stand in. Um, and it's a good moat. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's, a great, it's a great defensive play to, to competition because the people who we want to compete with can never really move into this space because their corporate governance would just make it impossible for them to do. Um, you know, if you ever go listen to a, you know, a, a, a big corporate podcast from a big consultancy, it just sounds like a parade of the same mm. opinion. Um, and I think it's it's hard for them because nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody really wants to put themselves out there with an opinion that hasn't been ratified or verified by the organization. That makes it really difficult to have conversations. Yes. Um, and for us, we don't do that. You know, there's no don't say this, don't say that. It's like, you know, you know, you're good at this industry, you get the subject matter, you know, have a drink and have some fun. It's interesting that you mentioned that you take quality content over the audio quality. One of my favorite podcasts, it's often quite negative at the minute, has been for the last few years, but one of my favorite podcasts is the True Faith podcast, which is a bunch of Newcastle United supporters who basically come out of the ground, they get in their car quite often and just start recording the conversations that they're first having as they're coming back together with their perspectives on the match. Wow. Which is fascinating. Must be fiery, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's often obviously a little bit kind of a... uh, aggravated. Yeah, de- de- definitely re- recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but, as, a, as a Norwich City fan, I can share their pain a little yeah. bit. Yeah, you know? what did you win at the weekend? Um, anyway, look, one, one point, though, that coming back to what you were saying, a lot of people kind of say to me, who are your rivals when they're asking me about the podcast? And your point about there being a community of people that, that are willing to help is a good one. I don't think that people in the podcasting space view other podcasts as rivals. And I think if you're coming into it, that's that's a positive message. Um, I don't think they all do. I think they definitely do. I mean, right. we, we've had, um, you know, definitely in some of the stuff that we've done, we've had people who have tried to sort of position themselves in that way. But I think it, it comes back to why do you do it? Mm. Um, I think if you're doing it because... Um, you know, there's a reason why it's called FinTech Insider and not the David Breer podcast. You know, it's like because it's not really about uh, me and it's not I mean, I'm not on it all the time now. It's not about Jason. It's not really about 11FS. It's why the 11FS part of it is minor to the major of it's about the FinTech industry. Yes. Um, so we make the podcast as much uh, as much about the guests as we can and as minimal about what we do and what we are. Um, because if your if your content's not adding value and it's just a soapbox for you to you know uh, feel you know have a make you feel better because there's you know hundreds of thousands of people kind of listening to the thing, that's the wrong reason to be doing it. And actually, you'll run out of steam really really quickly. Um, I think we've probably already covered this, but just to kind of condense it, if we can, of the content that you engage with, why is it that you engage with that? Um, I think honestly, the the value part. 
Like yeah. it's constantly, uh, is the content that I'm listening to in the you know brief hour that I actually have free really adding value to to me? Does it make me think differently about the subject matter that I'm dealing with? Does it make me laugh? Like we always say, it's like content has to be as entertaining as it is informative mm. for to get people to listen to it. If it's, I, I think there's content. You know, the BBC is getting better at this, but the BBC content that was put out before was very very informative but really boring yeah yeah. you know so low on the entertainment side of things um everything that they're doing now with bbc sounds actually they're they figured out that it actually has to be fun else nobody's going to engage with the content i mean brexit cast even even that actually is quite entertaining yeah I know. If they can make fun out of that, they can do make fun out of anything, <laughs> can't they? Uh, look, um, I want to just finish on six quick-fire questions. Sure. One-word answers or one-sentence answers, if you can. I know that sure. might be challenging on some. I don't know how well road-tested this is, but what's your favourite podcast? Uh, I think Football Ramble. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I listen to that a lot just because the camaraderie and the individuals. And what subjects do you like to listen to? I'm imagining football is one. Yeah, football's one, depending on how Norwich have done. Um, and um, for, for me, there's some really interesting management stuff out there. So, yeah. I mean, Gary V, uh, we kind of listen to a lot. Um, and then actually into things like Masters of Scale. So of the podcasts that you listen to, on, on average, how long do you actually listen to them? Do you make it through the whole episode? I do. Yeah. I mean, I've got a long commute, so it's usually like an hour, two hours uh, commute backwards and forwards. So, yeah, two is good to me. And that partially answers this one. Favourite place or time to listen? Always on the train. Yeah. Any other places? Any other times? Uh, do you know what? I, f- I find on the train is the place that I... Because, you know, music is good for background stuff, mm. but podcasts for me are active listening. So, uh, yeah. Th- I mean, the only other space that I ever will listen to them is in bed. Right. Fair enough. Uh, now, look, you've had some pretty impressive guests on Fintech Insider, but if you could have anyone on your show, who would it be? Um, I think somebody like Bill Gates would be great. Yeah, uh, we've got very close a few times from getting him on, and I'm still working on it now. That's that's um, pretty impressive that you yeah. got close. I mean, it, he's a clearly a busy guy. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I think if we could get somebody on like Bill Gates, I think it's um, it's people who have shaped your life in such a major way that they wouldn't even be able to comprehend. Uh, and people like Bill Gates or Sir Tim Berners-Lee uh, have done so much mm-hmm. for the planet um, and shaped it in such a major way that it would just be amazing to, to have those conversations. And really, that's the best thing about this stuff is you can have a laugh and talk to interesting people. And last one, and this is a bit of a laugh, if I'm perfectly honest with you, not really related to a lot else. <laughs> but if you had an unlimited pot of money and there were no consequences, what would you do? I think I do podcasting full time. <laughs> very on message. Look, David, thank you very much for your time. No I hope the podcast continues to go well. And thank you. Uh, I will continue to listen. Lovely. Thank you very much. 